and welcome to today's episode of the Impactful Authenticity Podcast. My name is Lucy and I'm pleased to have alongside me today Davy Cowpers, who's a HR manager and Gallup certified strengths coach. Now, one thing I really wanted to accomplish with this podcast is to talk to people not only about their authentic journeys, but how they're making a difference in the companies that they either work for or potentially have even built. And Davy is certainly one of those people. She's had a number of really pivotal moments in her life that has helped her better understand who she is as a person. And she's also worked both in companies really living some of the more teal philosophies, as well as others where she's part of a team looking to shift a company culture towards a space where wholeness and transparency are key. I think we're going to learn a lot today from her experience. So welcome, Davey. Um, perhaps we can start off with who or what events in your life have helped you connect with the importance of showing up authentically. Thank you, Lucy. And thanks for hosting me on this podcast. I'm very excited to be part of this. Now, back to your question, well, who or what events have helped me connect with the importance of showing up authentically? Well, I would like to start off by saying that being yourself and being and acting authentically is a choice. However, in order to get there, there are indeed events and people throughout your journey that help you find and anchor it. And for everyone, these events and people are unique. So no journey is the same. So let me walk you through a few examples of how I discovered my own authenticity. Great. My first experience actually came from my youth. It started at elementary school when a co-student asked me to copy my homework. I didn't want that because I put effort into it. I didn't want to just give that away to somebody, especially because you don't learn when you copy from somebody else. So I found it unpleasant, told my mother about it because I was unsure how to handle it. And I was scared to say no and risk being seen as unpopular or disliked, maybe even lose friends or not make any new ones in the future. And she told me something that changed the rest of my life until today in a very positive way. She said, Davy, you never have to do anything somebody else wants you to do that you don't want. You are the boss of your own body and soul. Let's say if there's like five children on the edge of the swimming pool and you're one of those five and one kid in the pool screams at you all to jump in and you don't want to jump in, then you don't have to jump in. The other four kids may jump in, but there will always be at least one kid that wishes they hadn't and they'll look up to you with respect for daring to be yourself and saying no. And that's what I talked about before, Lucy, that being yourself is a choice. Oh, I love that example. That's brilliant. I'm excited to hear the other ones, but that one's, yeah, what an amazing um, thing to learn such, so early in life. Thank you. I think I was indeed like six or seven years old. But what she said made so much sense to me that I implemented it right away. Mm. So I said no to the kid with his homework question. And of course, I wasn't excluded from the group. On the contrary, I received respect from others. They no longer dared to ask me for my homework, which I loved. <laughs> Push me to do stuff I didn't want. And if they tried and I resisted, I said no, and I felt good about it. 
So from that moment on, I didn't care what other people think of me. And I took the very first step towards being my authentic self in saying yes, if I really wanted to, and no, if I didn't. And I learned that I have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I learned that you always encounter people that you like, and you attract those to you. And if people don't like you, then they're not even worth your attention or friendship. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's just brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I guess through some of these experiences that you have had, how do you think that authenticity then has created an impact for you? I guess more in terms of whether it's life choices or in terms of kind of career opportunities. Well, I think two things. Uh, the first thing is authenticity makes you know yourself and therefore enables you to make choices that are good for you. Because when you know yourself and you dare to stay true to yourself, you know instinctively what you want and what you don't want. Mm -hmm. You'll dare to say yes or no and choose the right thing. See, to me, everything in life is a go go big or go home choice, which is also my life motto. (laughs) It's either a hell yes or a damn no thing. I either (laughs) do it and I go all the way or I don't. Yeah. And it makes the difference. Yeah. You always know, yeah, you always know what you want deep inside of you and you need to listen to that and go for it. Um, That's also one of the reasons why I think I don't have that little voice inside of my head that says, well, what if you fail? Uh, Don't do it. If you don't have that voice, and I wish that for everyone, then you can listen to your intuition and you can set your fears aside or face them and just do it. The rewards are huge. And this enabled me to choose the right companies to work for, to hire the right people on my team, meet the right people for me to bond in with friendship um, and have an impact in my life. And what I also want to mention is what helped me tremendously in finding my authenticity is discovering and naming my personal core values and strengths. And I discovered my core values through an exercise with a coach And I use them to weigh off all kinds of choices from career and self-development to friendships, even vacations. (laughs) If an important core value is missing, I know not to proceed. Wow. And once I knew my strengths, I was able to focus on them in my career search and find opportunities that match them versus trying to improve on weaknesses, which never work. I love that. I've definitely got my own set of core values. I don't think I've ever used them as extreme to choose my holidays, but this makes a lot of sense too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, I love it. It works. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I definitely have changed my core values, I think, as well over time. They, they're definitely something that's not yep. kind of stayed kind of firm yep. forever. That can be, yeah, for sure. Um, I'd love to maybe just follow a little bit on the the comment you you made about the like the little voice in your head that sometimes brings in the doubt I definitely am someone who sometimes has that (laughs) I will Mm -hmm. completely admit that Um, I like to think that probably 80% of the time that's not the case and eventually I can kind of bat the little voice away and just stick with the intuition but has have there been kind of I guess experiences or, or lessons that you could share that's helped you kind of overcome not getting dragged into that or have you been someone who's been really lucky that kind of given this great grounding that your mother gave you early on that you've not really had that voice you've just been able to kind of just focus on kind of your own personal perspectives and 
intuition and what you kind of want to do? Well, there is an experience that actually taught me to listen to my inner voice. And even though the outside world may have set me up for failure, my my strong will got me out of that. Um, this was an experience when I worked overnight shifts, shifts at the reception of a hotel in Canada where I lived for 10 years. And uh, the overnight shifts are called graveyard shifts. And during these shifts, your rhythm gets turned around. Mm. You sleep during the day, you work during the night. Um, I was about 27 years old then and was on a two-month stretch of graveyards. Yeah, horrible. (laughs) And something inside of me said, no, this is not you, Davey. You want to be in the sunshine. You want to have a normal rhythm, eat breakfast when there's breakfast, eat lunch when there's lunch, and not turn those around. But I was ambitious, and that inner voice said, hang on in there. It'll get better. I wanted to prove myself. So Mm -hmm. I turned that inner voice down. Um, Oh, actually, sorry, I listened to it and turned my inner voice down that said, this is not you. Mm -hmm. I forgot that I have a choice. And and so I did it. I, I, I did two months of graveyards. And after these months, I felt extremely miserable and almost burned out. Mm-hmm. And had an unsupportive boss and was far away from my family in the Netherlands. So I knew I had to figure things out on my own. And I realized that I'd been living to the wrong voice. Mm-hmm. I was not living the life I wanted. So I listened to my inner voice that said, no, this is not you and quit my job, which I had never done before. Wow. I faced my fears because it was scary. I was raised not to quit a job before having a new one, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't go on. And I stopped and took a nine month sabbatical. And that was the best period of my life because it gave me, yeah, it gave me time to reflect on how awful I had felt and how proud I was to choose for myself and listen to the inner voice. I was actually the right one and choosing a different life that fit with my authenticity. So that Lucy really was a moment where I learned to go deep inside your gut feeling and listen to that and mm-hmm. ignore the inner voice. That is the wrong one. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Cause it's interesting. I was coaching a couple of people this week in my team and um, the amount of, of them that are really trying to balance that they're very very young in their, their careers and this piece of like what they're wanting from their life and and how they're kind of wanting much more of a sort of work-life balance as you may kind of want to call it at the same time they recognize they're super super ambitious and they want to kind of get ahead and yeah. they kind of feel that to do that they've got to be working yeah. like 12 hour days and working till eight or nine in the evening and all their friends yeah. are going and doing something else yeah And it's kind of helping people to reflect a lot on what you've just kind of said of like, what is it that's going to make you happy? What is it your values are? But um, it's a really tricky thing to do. Yeah, everything's possible in the world. So if the job doesn't make you happy, there is other ones. You just have to want it badly enough and listen to yourself and then you'll find it. Yeah. Um, And I'd I'd love to maybe just move a little bit onto some of the kind of experiences that you've had in organizations. And I I know we spoke a lot offline, not on the Mm. podcast so far, about the company on Logic, um, which is is not 100% teal, but is kind of more following the teal philosophies. And I, I just wondered if you could kind of share a little bit about that company, what they were doing, and and sort of, I guess, what teal or teal-like organizations 
are like in terms of behaviors and cultures, etc.? Yeah, I'd love to. OnLogic is a great example of that. Um, as you mentioned, it's not a teal company, it has characteristics of teal, um, but a few things that allowed me to be myself and um, be my authentic self and bringing it to work was, first of all, the open culture, um, open and transparent were core values. So it started off with open salaries for everyone to see so that you could have a conversation about your salary if you were unhappy um, because that oftentimes gets to be happening sort of under the radar and it's very hard to get through that so everything is open and you can talk about it then constructive feedback was given on the spot which can be confrontational but also clears the air right away if things Mm -hmm. are happening because you know where you're standing and what is expected of you. There's no politics and no hidden things to wonder about. You can actually bring yourself to work. Mm. Then there was also a focus on empowerment. So decision-making was decentralized. You were given trust to do your job right. Your opinions mattered. You were taken seriously and you were listened to. And my philosophy is always when you hire people, You hire them because you trust them to do the job right. And when you give them that trust, 99% of times, they'll do the job right because they feel that it works. Mm -hmm. And the 1%, after you coach them, you have an exit conversation with them and send them on their way because they're not a good fit. Yeah. And the third one and last one to mention is there was a strong focus on strategy, goals, culture, and culture fit. So culture for both employees and customers, because culture trumps everything. It's the strength (laughs) of the organization. Yeah, it's what binds us. And it shows what we can expect from each other. And when you make sure that you maintain your strong culture and your goals and strategy are clear and aligned, then people know what is expected of them and they know where we're going. And when you hold people and customers to a consistent standard and set of expectations, it makes it clear for everyone what the purpose and task is, and you can align yourself with that. Yeah, I I, I really, really um, resonate with that. We, we've had some recent experiences where we've really done more interview on the technical capabilities that someone mm. has rather than the kind of mindset, behaviors, cultural fit. And it was interesting obviously there was a couple of epic fails that happened and really then understanding, no, the reason it was is that all companies have their own kind of unique culture. Even teams within organizations have their very unique culture and and finding the right people who are going to really blend there and be able to kind of cope um, in that kind of way of working is it is pretty critical. So yeah, yep. we've got, I've got some very recent examples of yeah. that. I couldn't agree with that that one more. True. And I just maybe like to maybe ask a quick follow on, if possible, about the kind of con- constructive feedback because yeah. I'm this is something I'm like super passionate about, but it's also such a tricky one. Maybe partially because I'm British and we tend to be very polite and nobody wants to say anything potentially that may come across as negative. But Mm -hmm. I've certainly seen people who've come from other organisations who have a very strong constructive feedback and sort of mindset really bring a different flavour to the kind of teams and the organisation. And 
definitely, I think things move much faster. There's a definitely a good building of trust, kind of strangely, because people know yep. everyone's after each other's best interests. Everyone's kind of pulling behind the one project goal, whatever it is that they're kind of working on together. Mm-hmm. And people are trying to help each other get better. But That's there right. does seem to be this very negative connotation often around feedback and particularly kind of constructive feedback that gets Mm -hmm. people quite nervous and I just kind of wonder if you've got any tips or thoughts on on how to kind of help people tap into a little bit more of 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 that kind of mindset of of being open both to receiving it but also to giving it Mm, yeah absolutely so what I do with my own team is when I hire new people to the team I tell them that one of my core values is openness and honesty mm. and that I wish that for my team because then we all know what is expected of us. Um, we all share information openly. So whether you are in HR a recruiter or an HR business partner, we have strategy meetings all together where we set the strategy. So everybody knows the information of what's happening in HR can align themselves and growth and development in that is one of the most important factors. So when I hire people, I say, okay, we talk openly here in the team, which means that you have all the information that you're going to need. You know where we're going to. And we also focus on growth and development with each other, which means that if there is something with a team member, I want you to talk to that team member directly and tell me afterwards that there was something going on and that you guys solved it and come Mm. to me when you can't figure it out together. Um, And then if employees come to me and say, I have an issue with this person, the first thing I do is I say, well, then please go talk to that person. And in two days, I'll follow up with you. And if you you haven't talked to that person, then I'm going to mix myself into it, which is kind of not so nice because you force them to and you can obviously decide on how many days you're going to give them. But it also says, okay, I need to figure this out and solve this because we are Mm -hmm. one team and we have one goal and that's very clear and we need to do this together. Um, So I set them up in the expectation beforehand that they're going to be in an environment where they're going to give and receive feedback. And I also make sure that I give compliments. That's the easiest way for feedback is I think there's not enough attention to people that do things right. Um, You need to mention that. And also on the spot, give feedback one on one. Um, not waiting for a performance review or the bi-weekly one-on-ones that you have because uh, that's when it happens. That's when you can relate to it. You can do that in a very nice and positive way. And I think that's the trick to say, okay, my intention is to make you grow and successful, but this I would have done differently. And, you know, tell me about it when you look back, how would you have approached it differently and then have the conversation that way. Oh, thank you so much for sharing those insights. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. And with um, your experience, I think you've got so much to offer many different companies and individuals that are looking to shift to a different type of working kind of space. How would you describe the culture at West Coast, where you are now, when you started two years ago? And, and what are the ambitions that you're looking to drive for the future there? Well, West Coast is a fast-moving consumer goods trading company, and the culture at West Coast reflects the industry it operates in. It did so two years ago, and it still does today. It's a fast-moving environment. 
Many changes happen in short time periods as opportunities arise and are seized right away. Decision-making can be ad hoc structures there, but not too much because we need to remain flexible and change course when needed. So this sometimes also makes the workload a little heavy. We've got a young workforce. The average age is about 32. They're ambitious, just like you were mentioning before. <laughs> You're ambitious people, right? And yeah, they get serious responsibilities at a young age. It's also a fairly international company. Uh, we've got about 200 people and 20 nationalities under our roof. Um, and it's a culture of camaraderie, high energy, fun. People are very helpful towards each other. And we are probably the epitome of a learning organization. Mm-hmm. And the biggest changes that I made between two years ago and today have been to establish some more clarity and consistency. Uh, for example, through communication about what people can expect on their essentials, like salary and benefits, uh, structure around leadership to adequately support the workforce and providing opportunities for personal and career development. But I think the biggest and most impactful change that we're, that we're working through right now is creating a safe environment with attention for the individual to allow them to be their authentic self at work and grow, just like you were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. And every person needs something else in this. Mm-hmm. And we're now working through our leadership team to ensure that they have the tools to see that everyone is different and to identify what each person needs to be successful. And successful mm-hmm. needs to be their own definition of successful. Yeah. And my ambition for the future, to state it simply, is to assist in the growth of West Coast as a business, but also to make sure that everyone feels included, seen, heard, and valued. And that's a culture change, which will take a few years. Mm-hmm. And employees tell me regularly that they see a change already since I arrived, that the environment got better. And I really love hearing that. That's my reward, that I have been one small piece in the 200 people able to contribute to this positive change. And I really look forward to continuing this road that we're on today. Oh, that feels like such a beautiful kind of end to tie up our conversation before we move to some of our kind of um, standing areas of the podcast. So so thank you, Davey, for, for sharing that and what beautiful ambitions that you have for the company and for the people who work within it. They're very lucky to have you. Thank you, Lucy. And we always ask our guests on the podcast to do two things. The first one is to give us a kind of challenge for the week. So something that our listeners can go and try, um, whether it's one thing or multiple things that week, to help them try to connect a little bit more with their kind of authentic self. So we'd love Mm. to hear the challenge you would pose for us this week. Yeah, this is a not so easy challenge, perhaps, but um, the (laughs) challenge I'd like to set is to be honest with yourself and listen to your right inner voice. And how do you do that? So when you're faced with a choice this week or challenged in any way, listen to your gut feeling or your intuition, which lives right here in your belly. Um, Trust it and do what it tells you to do. Even if your head says something else, Go with your gut this time and see how it works out. And does your gut say, hell yes, then do it. And does your gut say, damn no, then don't. 
So don't base your actions on what, what will make you more popular. Base your actions on what you truly believe in. And one tip, it really helps to know your core values when you do this because mm -hmm. they can guide you in your decision-making and your intuition also. And there's several websites that can help you find them. Um, so my, But my challenge is go with your gut this time, this week. Excellent. Love it. Look forward to getting started on, uh, on that one immediately. So thanks, Davey. And the last one, just because I'm such a big lover of music and a real diverse mm. set of music, so I'd love to get new ideas and hear people's stories. Um, if you can share with us a, a song that means something to you and, and, and why specifically that song. Yeah, so I'm a fan of the 60s somehow. Maybe I was born in the wrong era. I don't know, but I love <laughs> the vibe that the 60s bring, you know, that coziness. Yeah. Um, and I recently discovered a song called Cry to Me by Solomon Burke, uh, which is a song from the 60s. Mm -hmm. And the original is great, but Mark Broussard created an acoustic cover song of it, oh. which is absolutely phenomenal because he's got such a clear voice. And the guitar solo towards the end just blows me away. Um, and there's one phrase in the lyrics that says, loneliness is such a waste of time which is so true because I think mm. like it's so much better together. We never have to be alone. Uh, when you stay your authentic self, you attract the people that are a fit to your life and there will always be people around us that care for us. So that's my song. Oh, thank you, Davey. I love an acoustic version of anything. So mm. I will absolutely be going and finding that. Usually I listen to, listen to like the loudest, heaviest music ever. But yeah. anytime there's an acoustic <laughs> song or a version that's acoustic, there's something sort of so grounding and just feels very mm. kind of whole about it. So yeah. 100%, I will be taking that this afternoon and playing yes. it for the family. So thank you for all of your insights, experiences, Um to share with us today really really appreciate it so much um thank you and for everybody listening if you enjoyed the show please hit subscribe or follow and we look forward to sharing more stories with you next week and remember authenticity is a continual journey small steps can make a really big impact take care for now <laughs>